You didn't go with oh 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 O'Reilly. <laughs> you're a cat. Welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that knows enough Spanish to know that the word Linda means beautiful. You did know that. Good job. Yeah, thanks. This is the show where we do deep dives into the not-so-famous stories behind your favorite songs and artists, and sometimes a secret gem of an artist like this week. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, every week is the, the person who won't speak until I say her name. That's right. It's Lindsay. Oh, no, I, I thought that fuck, damn. you didn't say it. So I was about to say it. You, you literally listeners. I, I didn't cut out any <laughs> silence in that. She just couldn't wait longer than two seconds to be like, it's me. It's me. Hi. Hello. It, How are you? I Okay. Should we talk Taylor drama? I guess. Is this a segment? Maddie Healy. Okay. I am like very behind on all of this but correct me if i'm wrong taylor swift new boyfriend racist sexist Ma- boy he's a racist sexist boy correct the theme of today's show because he's, like, he's like uh he's like a stand-up comedian or something he's the front man for the 1975 oh okay but he's like gone on podcast tours talking shit and, about yeah edgelord shit again yeah so fun fact i didn't know that that those two people were the same because i keep seeing 1975 content on my tiktok where he like st- he'll do this bit where he's like you know i don't care for the jews and this is what i think and this band will just start playing to drown him out and i thought that that was like a funny bit and it turns out that he might mean it is that right <laughs> yeah um, cool. I also have not de- dove too deep into this because I I try not to give a fuck about celebrity relationship drama unless I'm doing a show on it. Hell yeah, um, brother! But you know, I've I've seen the the headlines, and uh, people are mad at Taylor for dating a racist white dude. Yeah, saying it's like all her other activism is performative activism, and didn't her boyfriend's like a racist. Know that though. I feel like we did with the whole private jet thing. <laughs> I, th- you know, this is like the classic. I want to say that one of the classic pitfalls of like the white feminist that is not intersectional, which is like that. You know, I'm a feminist, but like if someone else has a problem with like Asians, I don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't affect me. And a lot of Taylor Swift girlies online are like, let her live. And a lot of other Taylor Swift girlies are like, fuck her. And I don't know. So Taylor Swift also just put out a remix of Karma with Ice Spice, who is Asian. Mm-hmm. And Who's then one of the people that Maddie Healy was making fun of, right? Yes, on that correct. Right. Uh-huh. So and then what did I see today? I saw, oh, the New Yorker did a profile on Maddie Healy, which like if the New Yorker is doing a profile on you, I was like, what is actually going on here? Is this a big publicity stunt? Like, why now is the New Yorker profiling him? I think, I mean, it's definitely like 
Taylor shrapnel. The Taylor right? bubble. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like she's like the biggest recording star. This tour that she's still on apparently is like massively insane like i don't know i also think like this could be potentially a pr calculation that is going horribly wrong like there's like so many other things but this is not as much as Lindsay would like it to be a taylor swift podcast (laughs) so what are we talking about today Lindsay? today we're talking about the song racist sexist boy and the linda lindas maddie healy maddie healy and the linda lindas okay so I'm excited. What, what do you know about the Linda Lindas? I know that they're a group of young teenage girls, and they're like a punk band. I think that they might even be younger than teenage. Um, and they had this viral moment last year where they had the song "Race Sexist Boy," which is like a like a a yelly punk song, which I am like all about. Yeah, that's it. Great. Are they nepo babies? I hope they're not fucking nepo babies. <laughs> You know they are. Oh, God damn it! I knew that they were. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Mila. I'm Eloise. I'm Lucia. And I'm Bella. The Linda Lindas. So what are you seeing here? Drums. We got a bunch of young... I feel like they're like 10 or 11... Aged girls, three of them look kind of similar ethnically, and there's one one of them who's like considerably taller, and they're playing in like a very nice looking living room. Guitar, drums, and bass. So we all kind of switch around, doing vocals and all the instruments. We were all playing instruments before we started the band, which also helps. Yeah, it helps start. And we've gotten a lot better than yeah. when we first started. We started like less yeah. than a year ago. Yeah, and we were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the band is Eloise Wong. She plays bass, guitar, and sings. Bella Salzar, guitar and vocals. Lucia De La Garza, guitar and vocals. And Mila De La Garza, drums and vocals. And Eloise and Lucia and Mila, I believe, are cousins. Sure. They've got to be like under 13. The youngest one was like eight in that video. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, So this is from the arts and culture magazine Freeze. In May 2021, a video featuring a teen band called the Linda Lindas went viral, but it wasn't a throwaway music moment or a forgettable TikTok song that had caught on. The punk four-piece, comprised of sisters Lucia and Mila de la Garza and their cousin Eloise Wong and their friend Bella Salazar, was performing an anti-hate track called Racist Sexist Boy at the Los Angeles Public Library for Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month which, by the way, is the month of May, which is today is the last day of May. Today is the last day of May, so you're going to be hearing this not... Not in, not in a AAPI well, month. <laughs> we, we, fuck, we fucked that up. Uh, every month is AAPI month. Yeah, sure. On this every podcast. Month is, every month is every month, <laughs> man. So the girls are Los Angeles natives of Chinese, Mexican, and Salvadoran descent. And I mentioned that because of representation issues that we'll talk about later. And also because the song speaks directly to some racist remarks that were thrown at the girls at school. Cool. So let's watch it. So this is Racist Sexist Boy. Performed at the Los Angeles Library. And so this is the... the video that went viral 
couple years ago. This is yes. the one, at least the one that I saw. A little while before we went into lockdown, a boy in my class came up to me and said that his dad told him to stay away from Chinese people. After I told him that I was Chinese, he backed away from me. Eloise and I wrote the song based on that experience. So this is about him and all the other racist, sexist boys in this world. Their instruments are extremely nice. great that was great <laughs> so within weeks it had more than four million views on different platforms and it drew praise from Haley williams of paramore quest love flea tom morello sonic youth and others great well love all those love all those folks <laughs> from freeze the anthem went viral because it was a primal moment that summed up the lived experience of people of color and more specifically kids of color growing up today Viewers were awestruck by the musicians, who then ranged in age from 10 to 16. Okay, 10. I thought she was 8. Whatever. Yeah, well, so that she's 8 in the first video, which was the profile was like a little earlier. It was? Yeah. So, like, okay. now the oldest one is, like, 18. And the okay. youngest one is, like, 12. Okay. After all, it isn't every day that a group of adolescent punk rockers breaks the internet, but the Linda Lindas aren't just any band. Racist Sexist Boy is categorized as their breakout moment, but the Linda Lindas had been in the works since 2018 when the girls were introduced by indie rocker Kristen Control of the Dum Dum Girls at Los Angeles's Girl School Festival, which is a music festival that celebrates women-identified fronted bands and women artists. So they were invited, I imagine, because of their well-connected parents. So tell tell me about... Tell me about- these parents so eloise's parents wendy lau and martin wong martin are founders of the influential asian american culture magazine called giant robot which i believe is now defunct and then martin hosts save music in chinatown wong's project of diy fundraising concerts that fund music education he has them around la 
they were invited to Los Angeles Girls School Festival um, because Kristen of the Dumb Dumb Girls had seen Eloise perform at one of these Save Music in Chinatown events. Gotcha. The De La Garza sisters are Eloise's cousins, and Bella is a lifelong friend. Their parents are all artists, writers, or designers. Lucia and Mila's dad, Carlos De La Garza, is a Grammy-winning music producer and mix engineer. So he's worked with Paramore, Third Eye Blind, Best Coast, there it is. Ziggy there Marley, it is. Neon Trees, etc., so etc. I, did, et I, I didn't want to be like, oh, something's up. <laughs> but the way that it is recorded at that library is like very, very, very good. And like you would need a professional like Glenn Johns level mix engineer to make a echoey library sound like that good. There it is. I got one. There you go. <laughs> Which is great. Like like I have I have complicated feelings about Nepo babies as as most people do. Specifically like I'm glad that their proximity to whatever the industry allows them to express themselves creatively in a way that is fulfilling for them and for all of us. When you're eight, though, <laughs> feels feels a little Joe Jacksony, but you know, I I'm not going to talk about anybody's parenting skills for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have this. <laughs> I have the same issue with nepo babies and nepotism, and it's just like so rampant. And when you actually start following the breadcrumbs, you're like, God damn it! Um, yeah, there really and, isn't and anyone self made in Hollywood. I am friends with nepo babies. <laughs> I like, you know, like I think that Jamie Lee Curtis puts it the best, which is like. They cast me in Halloween because it was down to me and one other actress, and I happened to be the daughter of the woman from Psycho. So, like, of course it helped. And it's not like no one didn't work hard, but it's, you know, I had a leg up. And there are people who exist in this world, and, like, they they mowed Martin Scorsese's lawn. And so when Martin Scorsese needs, like, a two-line part in their movie, they get the lawn guy and that's just like how it is and that that doesn't work for people from Topeka, Kansas or wherever else. So when Carlo Carlos gave his daughters a guitar and a little drum kit when they were 9 and 7 and he said they okay. sat unused for a while until that festival invitation came. So here's Martin Wong's abridged account of how all this came together. And he wrote this on a blog post called well, called I didn't abuse my kids. Blogspot. Com. <laughs> Hello, Linda Lindas. <laughs> Basically, by martinwong.wordpress.com. Out of nowhere, an acquaintance reached out to me asking if Eloise would be interested in taking part in a project. Kristen Control, who I knew through her old band Dum Dum Girls, had been invited to take part in a music festival called Girl School LA. After initially declining because she was in between projects, Kristen decided it might be interesting to get a group of kids to play. Kristen had seen pictures and videos of Eloise singing at Save Music in Chinatown. It was a crazy idea, especially since there were only a few weeks to prepare and the children would have no musical experience. But Wendy and I said, sure, that's his wife. Then I suggested Kristen enlist Eloise's cousins, Lucia and Mila, since the three of them have been singing, dancing, and putting on shows together since they were toddlers. And if it worked out, they might get access to my sister Angeline and brother-in-law Carlos's backyard studio and gear for the project, too. They, they might. might get access to it. <laughs> 
Not only did that happen, but Carlos wound up being the second coach on the project. The first practice with the cousins and a bunch of other kids called together via social media was cute but rough. Thinking that they needed a ringer who They're could actually... seven years old. Relax. <laughs> Thinking that they needed a ringer who could actually play an instrument, Angeline and Wendy reached out to see if our friend's daughter, Bella, Bella who was taking guitar lessons, might be available. She was. After a handful of lessons, a lot of practice, and much pizza, Kristen and the kids were a big hit at Girls School LA, playing stripped-down covers of Cat Power, Dum Dum Girls, Mazzy Star, <laughs> Best Ghost with Bethany and Bob, and Yeah Yeah Yeahs with Karen O. It was a one-off project with no plans to follow up, but connections were made and seeds were planted. A few months later, Bella was invited by her friends in Frida's Roses to open a show for them at the Hi-Hat. <laughs> what? I have so many complicated <laughs> feelings about this. I just Go cannot. Ahead. Music sucks. Being in a band sucks. And a lot of the this I this I, honestly I'm starting to feel like I sound like one of those people that's like I paid my student loans, so why can't you? But like finding a level of success that they have already found at such a young age is i think going to pose a problem later on when they are trying to be if they decide to try to be like professional musicians or or kind of adult musicians because they have not struggled in a, in a way that many especially people in the in the punk realm have struggled that said I I, I love the idea that we are fostering young people, young women, young women of color to like play music more. But like, I don't, especially with punk, like, I don't know, man, like, like, it's so to me, it's like so weird where your parents are like, yes, let's form a punk band with these children. And they're going to sing about like, not wanting to go to bed at 9pm. Like, what do they have to be punks about? The answer is racism and sexism, but like, I don't know. I have I'm, com I'm conflicted. Like I said, I'm conflicted. I'll yeah, in a circle it's like when your baby's wearing Vans and you're like, "This is so cute." Right, <laughs> right, right. There, I think that there's a level of novelty to it that their parents are playing into that will harm them in the long run if they want to be professional musicians, and like. Bands, bands gotta struggle. Bands gotta write songs that like no one cares about and figure out how to record them and like forging of your musical identity that they seem to have leapfrogged over or just been like handed by their folks, which like makes me feel kind of icky on their folks part too. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, these are like the Disney kids of punk. Right. They're like baby metal. Do you know baby metal? No. Oh, we should listen to baby metal. <laughs> baby metal is like a it's like a J pop group. Like a Japanese pop group that is like also metal. So who are their parents? I don't know. I think that they're just like a weird this is like Japanese 
Japanese pop, but but metal. I have no I have no idea about the history of baby metal. And you feel like it's a novelty because they're like young girls. I will wa- watch the wa- wait for a second. So uh, this is about how much they love chocolate. It's called Gimme Chocolate. So yeah, it's it's a novelty because it's like the juxtaposition of like speed metal and it's like Japanese pop melody and, and subject matter. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I think like I think it's a song I enjoy, but like, do I take this band seriously? No, I take the Linda Lindas like a little bit more seriously, but I want I want them. To, uh, I don't know. The Linda Lindas allegedly write all their own songs. Great. I'm sure that they... I'm sure that there is a net, an oversight system that they have made of famous musicians that <laughs> will help them polish their songs that like most <laughs> most bands don't have. Let's get back to Martin. Okay. All right. So, don't make yes. me hate these, these poor young girls. Don't I know. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Um, so a few months later, Bella was invited by her friends in Frida's Roses to open a show for them at the Hi-Hat. Bella invited right. Lucia, Mila, and Eloise to be her band, and they went on to play their first show together. They didn't have a name yet, and they were billed as Bella and Friends. Bethany and Bob from Best Coast were in attendance, as well as Great. Jen from Bleached, establishing them as hardcore supporters from day one. By now, I was dying to have the girls play a Save Music in Chinatown show. And because our 16th show is going to be celebrating my 50th birthday, they couldn't say no. Also, they're your children. They also need I was a name. joking about the Joe Jackson thing, and now I'm not joking anymore. <laughs> they also needed a name. The girls came up with some pretty interesting and funny ideas for names. But eventually, I brought a screener DVD from my days as a magazine editor <laughs> who wrote about you. Asian cinema. I hate you. So are you familiar with the 2005 movie Linda, Linda, Linda? No. So it's about a Japanese. It's about Japanese high school girls who learn a punk song by the Blue Hearts called Linda, Linda for a talent show. So why not just why not? Why? Why the movie? Just be like Linda, Linda by the Blue Hearts. And where the Linda, Linda's. Why add a third Linda to just then just take it away? I think because he was showing them like this, this these Japanese girls playing this talent show are like you, mm-hmm. and so except for they're Chinese, you racist. He said the I'm understated t- and him. gorgeous art movie stars, movie stars, Japanese indie musicians, as well as the very cool Korean actress Bay Duna. I thought the Linda Linda sounded like a band from the fifties, but could also refer to the Japanese punk song or art movie, or simply mean really pretty in Spanish. Cool. So you can tell that he, this is his pet project, right? Mm-hmm. The girls came up with some really cool ideas for their name, but I didn't let them. But I was like, it. no, thank you. So, th- <laughs> and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like the girls write their own songs, and they're cute, but and and it's going to be all that much harder when they try to break out of when they're all like you know 20 years old and no one cares that they like started as as 10 year olds, you know. Sure. Hopefully they don't have substance abuse issues, but we'll see. In general, I mean, I hope that about every everybody 
but like people i i know why you're bringing this up right because people who like achieve stardom and then lose it usually will like try to fill the void with something or when you're in a scene that's above your age grade when you're a child like yeah you try to act up yeah yeah so okay so that first save music in chinatown show that he brought them to for his birthday alice bag was there so she's from the punk band the bags great she's like a feminist punk icon chip kinman of rank and file was there self-proclaimed all-american jewish lesbian folk singer frank was there frank great So then they start playing more local gigs. They play a benefit for a politician and teacher, Jackie Goldberg. And they play this show with Money Mark and Best Coast, where they covered Bikini Kill's Rebel Girl. So Bikini Kill lead singer Kathleen Hanna tweeted the video, and then she invited the girls to open for Bikini Kill in April of 2019. Great. So here we're going to watch a little bit of that. Set myself on fire. I love this song. Me too. Oh no. So in the beginning they were largely cover bands. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is this is the thing. This is what we were all doing at 13, but we just did it in a garage somewhere. And it's, I think, a little unfair to them, to everybody, to put them in front of a Bikini Kill audience to have them, like, kind of struggle through kids, the Kids in America cover. Well... Amy Poehler was at the Bikini Kill show. Of course she was. Of course and- she was. Why do, <laughs> Why are we even doing this? She did not have the same reaction as Aviv. Oh, my God. Because here we go. This one. Uh, yeah, maybe for this first one. Uh-huh. The first take you guys could sing back up. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to scratch right now. Everybody ready? Yeah. Here it comes. opened for Bikini Kill at the Hollywood Palladium, and Amy Poehler was at that yeah. show, which was really cool. And then one thing led to another, and she invited us to be at this movie, so now we get to play two songs in it. That girl thinks she's the queen of the neighborhood. She got the heart to drag it down. That girl, she got her head up so high. I think I want to be So have you seen Moxie? Mm-mm. I've never even heard of it. It's really good. It's really cute. You should watch it tonight. So we've all been friends for a while, but we only formed the band last year. Yeah, last year. So we're pretty fresh. Growing up, I always loved those films in the 80s where there was an actual performance by a band in the movie. It was like a big deal, and we really wanted to put that in. So we had a little concert. cool 
was like, oh, that's the next generation of incredible musicians. Oh my I want gosh, them to be successful. So I want them. So I want young. them to be really better than I'm fearing. You know what I mean? Like, like I want them to go on a tour by themselves and like kick dudes in the face. I feel like they will. They're so young and they have everything at their fingertips. Yeah, yeah. But but I I I don't want them to be the face of corporate punk. I want them to be the face of punk. Oh, you know what I mean? That's probably not gonna happen. This and this is this is why my heart is breaking. Right? Is because. I think that they, there are probably a hundred bands like them in garages all around the U.S. and all around the world, and I want them to. I want those other bands to also, you know. Aviv wants the world to be fair. I do want the world to be fair. It's Life's not, not, not even, fair, Aviv. I know. I just conflicted, Lindsay. All right. Well. I watched the movie Moxie. It's super cute. And it's about this girl, Vivian, who starts a zine at her school to take down misogyny, sexism, rapists, all the good stuff. And then the Linda Linda's play. And, that's and Amy, how I found Amy Poehler directed the, yeah. the movie. And she's, cool. she's Vivian's mom as well. She right. plays Vivian's mom. I'm, not, I'm a cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So despite their, eh, you're not going to like this part. Um, despite their cool. industry slash artist parents, none of the girls planned on being punk musicians when they grew up. No, sh- no fucking which shit. Which they have not they done didn't, yet. They didn't plan on it because their parents are like, we're planning this for you. <laughs> According to NBC, Salazar wanted to be a doctor. Wong wanted to be a paleontologist. And Mila, the youngest and the most playful of the group, wanted to be Olaf from Frozen. Quote, nothing but good times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can't handle this right now. <laughs> so Child abuse. Billboard did 20 questions with them in May of last year. Can they count to 20? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, reading from some of these questions that I've put A dramatic out. reading? Great. Yeah. You want to be Billboard? Uh. Sure. So whoever's the Linda Lindas will just say whose name there because they yeah, yeah, they yeah. all kind of answer in succession. So uh, okay, Billboard asks, "What's what's the last song you listened to?" Bella, Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Boo. Lucia, Let It All Go, by Francis of Delirium. Eloise, Swi- Sw- Swish and Spit by Cher Strawberry. Mila. Not sure, but probably something by Paramore or The Regrets. I like The Regrets. I like Paramore. Uh, I think Paramore's okay. Um, And then Billboard asks, who are your musical influences? Lucia. Right now, I'm listening to a lot of Mannequin Pussy, The Breeders. Pause. I am friends with the guitarist of Mannequin Pussy. Really? Carolyn. Yes. Tell Carolyn. The Linda Linda's huge fans. So Mila says Paramore and the Regrets. Then Bella says Julieta Venegas, Rosalia, and Biella. Um, yeah, Eloise says Red Cross, the Adolescents, the Go Go's. Billboard says if you you could collaborate with any artist, who would it be? Bella says Lauren Hill. Luce- She'll show up late. Hi, Sky. Dude, I saw Lauren Hill, and she, was she four hours late? And hammered, could not yeah, even yeah. play. 
friend of the show, Sky Mazeroski, asked us to do a Lauren Hill episode about how she's always late. <laughs> there you go. Any yeah. lyrics for lunch? <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Lucius is Sleater Kitty, who I've seen, who fucking rule. Mila says the go-go's. And Eloise says Yoshitomo Nara. Billboard says, what are your career goals? Bella says, travel the world. Great. Lucia says, make more music, meet more people. Eloise says, keep doing what matters to me and keep having fun. Mila says, do a cartwheel every day. I feel, I also feel like this might be calculated where they showed Mila, because Mila's the drummer, right? They're like, Mila, you get to be the Ringo and (laughs) you just get to say like off the wall shit and pretend to be dumb. Right, like she wants to be Olaf. She wants to be Olaf. <laughs> she wants to do a cartwheel. Yeah. Billboard says, racist, sexist boy really blew up! Exclamation point. Has the subject of your song heard it? If so, what was his reaction? Mila says, Eloise and I wrote the song together after my experience at school, but we don't know if he heard it. If he did, he probably doesn't even know it's about him. You're so vain. And Eloise says, and we don't care. It's not about him anymore. Hell yeah, Eloise. Good job. <laughs> So I want to do a reading of the lyrics now before you cool. have another stroke. I, I, this is, I, this is really, it's just hurting me. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll be, do you want to be Eloise and I'll be Mila? Sure. One, two, one, two, three, four. Racist, sexist boy. You are a racist, sexist boy. And you have really dangerous toys. Fake dance, shoot and destroy. You are a racist, Whoa. sexist boy. One, two, one, two, three, four. You say mean stuff. You close your mind to things you don't like. You turn away from what you don't want to see. Racist, sexist boy. You are a racist, sexist boy. And you have racist, sexist joys. We rebuild what you destroy. You are a racist, sexist boy. You say mean stuff. You close your mind to things you don't like. And you turn away from what you don't want to hear. Poser. Poser. Blockhead. Riff raff. Jerk face. <laughs> Racist, sexist boy. You are a racist, sexist boy. Okay. Thoughts? Riveting poetry? No, but it feels like children wrote this, which is great. I would, I would, I would prefer that. Yeah. So Lucia told NBC, we didn't expect it to be that widespread, but it was cool that what started out as a very angry song turned into such a powerful, like, let's all be angry together. So for Wong, who wrote the song Welcome with to the party, pal. Mila, the embrace of the song and of the Linda Lindas made her feel less alone. This is coming from NBC, especially during the pandemic when the band members were isolated and she was going to school via Zoom. Quote Wong, Mila and I wrote it because she was mad at her classmate who said something racist and I was fed up with all the sexism I'd seen since I was in kindergarten. It was a way to process our feelings and the song came out really fast, just a few hours over Zoom. Even though we're just four people, we can actually make a difference. People actually care about what we want to say. People might actually be listening. And it's kind of cool to know that that we sort of matter. And this is why I'm conflicted, right? Because like otherwise I would just be like entirely negative about like a like a band of of teen girls kind of being propped up by their parents to like do this punk thing, like do this kind of punk charade. But this is this is the other side of it which is like they're they're creatively filling themselves they are potentially inspiring other people like 
I, I'm hoping that this has ripples that are bigger and wider than just like these four girls have like a recording studio in their back in their back house or whatever. And they are because think of all the girls who don't see themselves represented back right. to them and they can look at the Linda Lindas and jam out in their room and while they may not actually have a chance of becoming them in real cruel reality, they will have a better life experience because of yeah. That. And, and, you know, they can inspire, they can even inspire a, a further generation of young women to like authentically take up this mu- music, you know. And the girls aren't that out of touch for how young they are. The original lyrics were different. They called the offender an idiotic boy. Idiotic boy. Um, but. When they recall the story, Eloise was visibly uneasy with the phrase, and she said, I realized that the lyrics were ableist. I kind of wanted to change it. Jesus fucking Christ. The misbehavior is about actions, <sighs> Lucia said. It's about what a person says and does, not who he is. All the adults around us were like, no, the song is fine. Don't change it. But um, we didn't want to be the oppressors that were like screaming about that we were like screaming about so we changed it to racist sexist boy and i think it's better that way she's right (laughs) yeah and then lucia said yeah it wouldn't have made the same impact if it was idiotic idiotic boy (laughs) so their debut album growing up calling that ableist is like oh boy what are we doing to our kids uh they're growing up in la in 2023 Yeah, yeah i get i get it so their debut album, Growing Up, was released April 8th, 2022 from Epitaph. Fuck. Now I'm, I'm anti again. <laughs> it's a real fucking roller coaster. Why? They're on Epitaph? Yeah. Because why are they on Epitaph Records? So I've written down that this is the home of bad religion and social distortion. You got anyone else? I think the offspring. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. The goal, Lucia said, is to, is to give me a stroke, is to make sure our music has a positive influence and that we can keep bringing attention to what's happening in the world. Songs on Growing Up were written entirely by the band who played their own instruments and took turns singing. They say the songs are inspired by events in their lives, like a bullying incident that inspired the opening track, Oh, their personal feelings about feeling invisible, like the song Magic, or more feline sources like Salzer's cat in the song Nino. Okay. I'm not anti songs about <laughs> animals. Good. My friend my friends in Bella's Bar Talk wrote a song called Ramona, which is about the singer's cat, and it's one of my all time favorite songs, even though I don't like cats. I used to sing this to my cat. Oh Riley. Oh Her God. Riley. Oh really? If you leave me. You wrote that song? You wrote I Oh Riley? Never Alone. You didn't go with oh 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 O'Reilly. You're a cat. <laughs> no. Um, however, Riley did leave me, and I'm not making it on my own, as you can tell. Clearly. So Billboard asked the group, what message would you like your fans to take away from your debut album? And Lucia said, You never stop growing up, but that's not a bad thing. Eloise said, Cats are great. Bella said, I just hope you like it. And Mila said, Me too. <laughs> I do a cartwheel. New York Times was a little more 
earnest, I would say, about the takeaway. Uh, Mm -hmm. They wrote, the ferocity and empathy of their music has made them a beacon, not just for young fans, but for established artists. So Karen O, the Yeah, Yeah, Yes front woman who guested with the Linda Lindas at their very first performance, the 2018 festival Mm -hmm. in L.A. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Karen O, the Yeah, Yeah, Yes front woman, said that as an Asian American, the presence of the Linda Lindas really speaks to me because I feel like a lot of us grew up kind of reserved and in the shadow, not in the limelight making music, which is this kind of mainline into self-confidence. She added, it's so inspiring And so surprising to see these young girls having that. It took me probably 21 years of stuffing down all these feelings when it finally exploded in a cathartic way when I was on stage. I could have used that when I was 12. Yeah, and and I would I want to hear from 12-year-olds that feel this inspired as opposed to like people who are essentially like toddlers and tiaras-ing these girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I I understand I understand everything she's feeling and I and I relate to i like understand I, like, I i agree with it but i but i wonder if the thing that she is fostering is is doing that i'm not well, saying it's definitely not 12 year olds lined up but yeah, yeah maybe I, I, you could call some i could call just all the 12 year olds i have in my rolodex <laughs> um karen oh called racist sexist boy a perfect little punk song it's so raw and so confrontational So the Times wrote in a 2017 article, Rocks Not Dead, It's Ruled by Women, The Roundtable Conversation. Guitars may seem to matter less than ever, but just beneath the mainstream, dozens of female bands are making some of the most urgent, politically relevant music around. Oh, female. Quote the Times, Indie rock especially has undergone an identity crisis this decade. Often, male-fronted indie bands have begun to feel rote or even parodic, as if they've run out of ideas or exhausted the passion to develop new ones. But... Time and again, we've heartened, we've been heartened, cheered, inspired, and sometimes astonished by a new generation of innovative female singers and musicians. Punk in style or spirit and coming from the all ages warehouse and DIY venue ecosystem, singing about tactile emotion, rousing politics and far more. I mean, this I completely agree with. And, and I've, you know, I have a vested interest in like guitar rock and, and this kind of the style of music and the best stuff. That is, at least the stuff that's currently rising to the top are bands of color and, and women, women, basically all women bands. Like, um, oh man, what's Wet Leg, the band that sings Shays Long, which is like a dope fucking song. Um, and so I, that might be why I feel like I'm gatekeeping the Linda Lindas a little bit or like, like, feeling a little bit of lack of authenticity because there's so many great other bands that are coming out that are like don't have that leg up yeah i don't know i don't know man not the daughter of not the daughter of a famous mixing engineer right (laughs) you just like watch youtube videos well let's hear from the linda lindas on the future of punk oh i can't wait (laughs) to hear what they have to say about the future of punk what are your hopes for the music genre, especially for your generation. We were a cover band and we decided, hey, we want to learn instruments and we're going to do it together. Looking back on it, I don't know. It seems like... I like your haircut. Wow. I can't believe we actually decided to start a band. You know what I mean? But now I'm just like really grateful for it. And I think that it's important that like we had a lot of female 
artists and people uh, that our parents like put on for us and we were just surrounded by different parts of culture in music. That's just like, really special and now that's kind of something that we want to do. We just want to let it be known that you're allowed to take up space and you're allowed to do music. It's not like there's so many people that feel like they're not allowed to do that or feel like they don't matter, their stories don't matter when they do, you know, and we're here to have fun and make music, but it's important that people see themselves. Boom. See, that's a roller coaster, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah, just building you up and taking you back down. Great. Kick me, kick me back down. <laughs> so this is from the New York Times March 22 article, Punk Rock's New Hope, the Ferocious Joyful Linda Lindas. As young artists, they have unusually solid scaffolding. Carlos de la Garza recorded and mixed the Linda Linda's music in his backyard studio, where he'd also worked with Haley Williams and Best Coast. The sisters' moms, Angela and de la Garza, a children's wear designer and boutique owner, functions as the band's day-to-day manager. Bella's parents also work in design. Karen, a clothing designer, initially helped style the band's mostly thrifted looks. Now, she says, they're happily on their own. Eloise's mom, Wendy, an art director, oversaw the many illustrations they used in promo design and videos. Eloise made some of the most impressive of the girls as cats with elaborate manes as freehand paper cutouts. They became the cover for Growing Up. Recording that album last summer was a family affair. On the August day I stopped by, that's the writer of New York Times, they were tracking Magic, a poppy song about overcoming self-doubt. One line tripped them up. Should it be, what if magic was real or what if magic were real? What if magic were real is grammatically correct. Conditions Thank you, Aviv. <laughs> well, I don't know if the fucking New York Times guy children. knows it. Uh, the writer was a female. Stop being sexist. Yeah, but like I use guy pejorative. Okay. Like you're doing the story. You're a guy. Mm-hmm. All right, guy. So Martin Eloise's dad was an editor. They messaged him for a writerly consult. The Linda Lindas take their grammar very seriously, Lucia, the track's lead vocalist, said. They went with the incorrect but more rock and roll was. Oh, they threw an ain't in there, too. As the bandmates waited for their turn at the mic, they read library books, wrote tiny lettered notes, played with gaffer's tape, stepped out for a piano lesson, and discussed school schedules. AP versus honors bio. Angelin provided snacks. At the controls, his platinum albums for Paramore tucked up on a high shelf, Carlos cheered on the kids. You're crushing it, dude, and offered good-natured producerly notes. Can you make it a little less sweet-sounding? He advised his teenage daughter on magic, just 22% more extreme. In separate interviews, the De La Garzo parents and children said one of the great benefits of the band was an increased connection between all the girls and their father. We've gotten to know him, Lucia said, and it's been really fun getting to hang out with him. Hopefully that doesn't go away too quickly. But even family support didn't erase parental worries about letting their children loose in the music business. As a person who's worked in the music industry my whole adult life, I would never advise anyone to get into the music industry, especially my own daughters, Carlos said. The path for women, especially women of color, is fraught, he added. Martin agreed. It's so scary. All parents want to protect their kids, but I guess the second inclination as a parent is not to stand in the way of our kids, he continued. Your fears are not their fears, and who they're going to be is not who you think they're going to be. I There's a, there's a scene in AI, Artificial Intelligence, with Haley Joel Osment, where he like, I think he like wants to be a real boy, and he like eats mashed potatoes, and it fucks him up, and he, and he does this like melting thing, his face just goes like this. 
this is my face right now. I'm just like fucking melting at this. That's how I, I feel th- when I eat mashed potatoes. I I think I realize why this this like chafes me so much, and it's because of the first part of the 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 article that you read or the first like paragraph where it's like oh they're one of their momagers does the fashion and one of them does the the graphic design and one of them you know the dad does the carlos does the the mixing and the producing and those are all the things with the potential exception of mixing and producing that i think are like punk staples no, like the opposite, right? Like those are the distractions, right? Social media and doing all the cool pictures and the graphics and the styling. See, I feel and like all- making art and like dressing like yourself, like those are staples of punk. I agree, I agree. But the I think we're I think we're saying the same thing, or we're 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 coming from it from opposite angles, which is like th- this is what they should be doing themselves, and. Like this is what the parent ecosystem in the or the parents in this ecosystem are taking away from them to make sure that they're successful, right? Like yes. they're styled very, very uh, specifically. They have they have very specific art that's paper cutouts. So it's like an adult doing juvenile things to make it look like or to like give the sense that this is the kids that did it, but that's too good for the you know. I, I, this, this chafes me like a lot. Like, if they're gonna be in a fucking punk band, just like ignore them. Ignore your parents? Ig- no, no. If, oh, ignore your children. Ignore the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's too cute to have your babies in vans. The, um, Lindsay. <laughs> my heart can't take much more of this. Welp. On that note, this is a short and sweet one. We're about to go out. You got anything else you want to throw at this? I fucking, well, you're killing me. <laughs> Um, I hate, I hate this. And I also hate that this is the only thing that a lot of young women have to hang on to, right? Is like, I'm glad that, that these young, all women punk band, ex- pans, all women punk bands exist. I hate that it had to come in this form because it feels so inauthentic to me. It feels like toddlers and tiaras, but for punk music. I think there there is definitely a bit of that. I've agreed this whole time. But also, you have to understand, like, if Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill is like, yeah, I want to see more people, young people doing what I did and Who might having an easier yeah. time, like, I want to prop those girls up. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, and I don't think that – I think that struggle – is not necessarily what I I feel like they are missing. I know that I said like being in a band sucks and you got to kick dudes in the face and 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 but I think it's it's about forging your musical sound and what you want to say when there are that many people who also whether they know it or not have agendas who are influencing you and they have these strings of yeah, if you do it my way, you're going to open for Bikini Kill. That feels kind of fucked up to me. And so if one day one of these girls wants to change her political ideology or or go more extreme than her parents might want, like we've got like another corporate record label, which is their parents, who are going to tell them what they can and can't 
do and are currently kind of managing them to a degree that punk But that's bands, what parents always do. And I, teenagers are really good at not listening. But now there is a an economic or career component. Which there always is when you have rich child parents. stars with rich Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It's it's everything I hate about child stars and it's punk. and 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 it's punk. It's like sullying. I don't want to say sullying. Handle it. It's involved with a thing that I like care very deeply about and and is supposed to be like one of the most authentic forms of of music, right? No one cares if you can play your instruments. No one cares if you can do this. It's all about being authentically who you are. And so I worry that they don't even know who that is yet. Mm-hmm. Especially for like the youngest one who started this when she was seven mm-hmm. and and being kind of shaped into um following the path that has been laid out for her, which is decidedly not punk. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when they uh when they all start rebelling at when the youngest one is fourteen. And on that note, today we're going out on the title track of their album, Growing Up. Growing up. I guess this is growing up. Get anything? Don't let the cats out. Ooh, bunk beds. No, that totally fits More like punk beds. <laughs> Where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter for longer and weirder stuff. Stuff. Drop us a line at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. And if you think that I'm way off base in my old man crotchety <laughs> cane waving. I'm not anti the Linda Lindas. I'm anti their parents. Let us know uh, on the social medias and let us know what you want to hear next. Uh, we got a lot of great suggestions coming from some listeners and we're going to take that into uh, into account. Are we going to take us? Should we talk about our summer break? Yeah. We're going to take a summer break. Next week will be our last episode for like a couple of months because we're just really building the bridge as we're crossing it here. And so we'll be back with season three in like August-ish? Yeah. Yeah, August, September-ish. We're going to take the summer off. We always take the summer off. Yeah, just Um, catch up on our back issues. Yeah, Don't forget about us. Don't forget about We love you. And until next time... Oh, man. She's playing a St. Vincent guitar. That cat has a yarmulke on. Oh, no, it's a beret. (laughs) Uh, and until next time, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying. Racist, sexist boy. Your parents aren't punk, man. <laughs> Under the table. Well, whispering each other's ears.